It has always struck me as so interesting that Mary Magdalene, who knew Jesus so well, thinks Jesus is the gardener. Now save that. We'll come back to it. Let's go to the start of the story. Jesus is beginning when a Galilean peasant, a common laborer, transforms and begins the teaching ministry of a rabbi. But this Jesus is a rabbi of a completely different ilk. He speaks to God with the intimacy of a little child, calling God Abba, the sound of a baby, saying Dada or Mama. He describes his relationship to God in terms of pure love, a love that empowered him, a love that made him free. When you compare Jesus to conventional rabbis, he was completely free. He willingly broke the Sabbath in order to do good. He violated the purity laws to reach out to the unclean, to sinners, and even to the notorious. He served foreigners and non-believers in the same way he served his own people. His table fellowship, well, it, was, it was scandalous. He welcomed tax collectors and prostitutes with the same generosity that he welcomed righteous Pharisees. He overturned the business tables in the Jerusalem temple where the conventional religion held a monopoly over God's forgiveness. Jesus declared God's forgiveness is free for the asking, free to everyone. Jesus' essential message was this. Behold, wake up, become conscious. The kingdom of God is among us. The kingdom of God, the reign of God is within you. And he told his listeners all they had to do was open their hearts to become conscious, conscious of God's divine presence here and now. And then Jesus proceeded to behold the kingdom of God everywhere. He looked at some peasant fishermen, hard at their labor cleaning their equipment. Behold, Jesus saw God's presence in them and said, come, follow me. He saw a peasant woman sweeping her cottage to find one small lost coin. And behold, he saw the kingdom of God in her. He saw God's presence in children and told his grown-up friends, be more like them. Jesus saw the reign of God throughout nature. He spoke of the trust of birds and flowers the growth of seeds and plants, the pruning of fig trees and vineyards, the promise of a mustard seed, and the wonders of the divine presence everywhere, in the desert, in the lake, in the river. Jesus saw God's presence also in the unexpected place, the unexpected person. His model for neighborliness was a kind Samaritan. That was a controversial illusion in a culture that hated Samaritan heretics. Jesus saw God's presence 
in an officer in the occupying Roman army. Jesus befriended him and said that that pagan officer had more faith than anyone he had yet met in Israel. Jesus saw the presence of God. He saw the presence of God in a Canaanite woman, in an insane man living among the dead in the tombs, in a child believed to be possessed by demons. He saw the presence of God in an impertinent woman who imposed herself uninvited on a formal dinner and washed his feet with her tears and her hair. And Jesus was compassionate to all of them. Jesus was especially compassionate in circumstances of tragedy and evil and brokenness, especially especially compassionate to anyone who suffered, lepers, the hungry, the poor, the sick, the widowed and orphaned. Jesus saw God in all of them, and he loved them. So here's the thing. Jesus experienced no separation between himself and God. Jesus experienced no separation between himself and everyone else. Jesus said, it is all one. Putting it this way. I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. You are in me, and I in you. Jesus prayed for his disciples that they would receive the same glory that God had given him, praying, and I quote, so that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may be completely one. He called his disciples to behold, behold a transformed life of equality and inclusivity where tax collectors, sinners, women, children, lawyers, housewives, and rabbis are one, united in compassion, justice, and peace. Now, that message was too much. It was too much for the religious and political leaders to take. He threatened their authority to enforce their interpretations, their control, their boundaries, and their power. So they did away with him. And he took it. He died with the same compassionate love that he lived. And everybody thought it was over. But it wasn't. God was present. Present in the unjust torture and execution of an innocent man. Jesus lived. He lived free from the particularity of flesh and blood. Jesus became present everywhere in the same way, present in the same way that he'd experienced God's presence everywhere. And so, back to Easter morning, a weeping Mary Magdalene, grieving at an empty tomb, asked a gardener, Sir, If you've carried him away, tell me where you've laid him, and I will take him away. And it must have been, I think, the way the gardener said her name, Mary. She knew instantly it was her teacher. 
Later that evening, some disciples were on the road to Emmaus. They were talking together about everything that happened and some rumors that had popped up when a, a stranger joined the conversation, walking along. They listened as the stranger gave them a new way to think about things they had long known in the scriptures. And he was about to leave and go his way when they invited him in to dinner. At dinner, the stranger took bread, blessed, broke it, and gave it to them. And they realized the stranger was Jesus. Some weeks later, those fishermen were back at their work. They had labored all night and caught nothing. Some know-it-all stranger, standing on the beach, shouted at them, Throw the net again! They're professionals. As tired as they were, they followed the stranger's advice. And the net filled with an abundant catch. One of the disciples suddenly realized it is the Lord. In the resurrection, the spirit of Jesus has expanded universally. Just like Jesus saw God's presence everywhere. Now his disciples can see Jesus everywhere. Behold, wake up and see, become conscious. Jesus is in God and Jesus is in you and in me, in everyone in all creation. We are all one. It is all one. Can you see? Can you see the kingdom of God among us and within us? Behold, behold a gardener putting his seeds in the newly warming earth here in Arkansas, and a Delta farmer on his tractor, a woman sweeping in her kitchen, a child running through Wilson Park, a hospice nurse tending to a dying man, a junkie getting a hit to kill the pain, Laborers cleaning their equipment after a hard night in the chicken plant. An accountant finishing tax returns just before midnight. A man on death row waking for his last day. The Dalai Lama waking at 3 a.m. to meditate for the first five hours. A faithful Muslim chanting on his prayer rug. A faithful Episcopalian reading morning prayer. God's living spirit is in everyone and everything that lives, and the resurrection makes us whole. We are all one. Christians express that oneness in the Eucharist. We experience Jesus present in the gifts, the gifts that he gave us at the Last Supper, bread and wine. The grain of wheat that died buried in the soil rises again to produce a hundredfold which we grind into flour the oil and heat combine and it rises into bread an immigrant somewhere picks the grapes that are crushed they rot and ferment into wine behold the body and blood of Christ Whoever you are or wherever you are in your pilgrimage of faith, you are welcome. The eternal cycle 
of birth, growth, community, death, and resurrection is all one cycle. Behold, as we raise the bread and wine, the body and blood of the resurrected Jesus, we bring the whole world with ourselves and come to holy communion. At this table, we become one. And then, then, we go out. We go out to behold Christ's presence in everything and everyone. Behold, Christ is risen, and God has raised all things with him into the unity of divine love. Alleluia. Amen.